2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kim McCusick from Film Study
3: Baltimore is in the studio. It's Tuesday. That's how we do on Tuesdays. Uh, Real quick, uh, just a reminder if you're just tuning in, we got some school closings for you. Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Harford County, Anne Arundel County, Cecil County, all closed due to inclement weather. Ken. Um. We saw these two teams, the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens, meet in week one. Here we are, hopefully bookending the Houston Texans season. <laughs> How much different are these two teams now than they were in week one?
4: Yeah, there's some things that are still. the same the, still. Uh, the Texans' strength is at outside linebacker on the edge rush, and that was true in week one. Will Anderson looked like the real deal in week one. Jonathan Grenard looked good as well. Uh They've added Derek Barnett. I don't know if he was with the team for the opener or not, but uh, but he is now, and he's playing some good football. So that that part is uh, is the same. I think Stroud has grown tremendously as a quarterback, even though he was good at, at not losing the football, not turning it over in that week one game. Uh, but he did take five sacks. So uh, <clears throat> under pressure, uh, he had zero net yards in week one, which is something the Ravens did very effectively against him.
5: Hmm. What about the uh, – what did you take away from the uh- – the weather in Kansas City. And, you know, people always talk about, you know, this team can't play in the cold, they can't play, you know, they and they're not going to be home. Is it that they're weather resistant or they're very good in bad weather or the fact that they're in Kansas City?
4: I, I think they've, they're have they used to it a yeah. little bit. So they practice in it and there's, there's some of that going on. But I tell you what, I think there's a larger issue here that I, I want to hit on since you brought it up, is that the, the NFL, I don't know how long it is, two, three years ago now, talked about having the AFC and NFC championship games move to a neutral site. yeah, And and this is something that's going to come up again. Uh, it's It gives them a chance to essentially schedule three Super Bowl-like events that they can yeah. build their season around. So uh, you can see why they'd want to do it, why they could easily get sponsorship for it. And it just absolutely screw the season ticket holders in places like Baltimore who have a chance to get that game.
6: Yeah. Ken, as we look at, um, you know, the, there's obviously the coaching carousel that's going on with guys being fired and the Ravens have... Two coaches uh, in particular, and, and, and there's even more, but Munkin and, and uh, as we talk about, Mike McDonald. Um, I was asking somebody else, I said, if you lost one of them, which one would you be least concerned about losing? And it really is a tough question when you think about it, but do you think this is a distraction at all uh, with everything going on in the postseason?
4: Um, it, it would have the potential to be if the, if the organization wasn't built the way it was, but I don't think it'll honestly be a distraction. I think that they, they had their time scheduled out very well, these guys all had their interviews before that Texans game. Once the Texans game occurred, then they had an idea of who they were playing. Uh, otherwise, they're preparing for four teams instead of instead of uh, uh, two or even one, as it became after Pittsburgh lost. Uh, Texan, the Texans didn't have any more advantage in terms of knowing who they were playing until Pittsburgh actually lost that game. Uh, so they knew what in the second quarter, I guess, that that was going on. But but anyway, they, they, the other teams they didn't. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it was a big advantage either way. And and McDonald's scheme is so sound at the heart of it that I don't really think there's there's something that the Ravens would be missing if you were not Monken. It, it's a little bit more of mm-hmm. really needing a scheme against the opponent. Yeah, that's I, I agree with you. Kim Acusic joins us, film study Baltimore. Ken, I know this is
3: film study, but I want to circle back to something you said because I can imagine right now Baltimore Ravens fans screaming to the top of their lungs when you just said that. I almost wonder why do you play 17 games for home field advantage if you're talking about now I only have one home game in the postseason because that would be the situation here in Baltimore. If the Ravens Ravens win Saturday, let's say mm-hmm. let's fast forward to three or four years down the road when, when they do this. Ravens win Saturday, that's it. The season's over in terms of
4: being at home. What's the big fight for home field advantage if it's just one game now? I mean, it's just it's it's so bad for PSL holders. It's a it's an extra game potentially lost. Now you'd only lose that game on average once every sixteen years, and you know part of the whole thing about it being the Arrowhead Invitational. The last five years they've had it. If they went to a neutral site, there'd have to be a way then to distribute the tickets, which means you don't get your own seats, obviously, because it's a different stadium. But you also only have half the seats available because half are going to go to each team. And then you have sponsorship deals that are going to give away a huge number of additional yeah. seats. So uh, if, if, I, if you've ever wondered, why haven't I won the lottery for the Super Bowl yet? It's because there's a whole lot of hands out there asking for tickets. And you know, when you, yeah. go, to, when you go to one of those games, there's a couple of Ravens sections and a couple of San Francisco sections in, in, in 2012 anyway, and then, and then there's the rest. It just – I, I it sucks. It, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. This, this is
5: another one. If this happens, and this is another example of the NFL, just give a rat's ass about the fans. And I'm
3: thinking about fa- – because, you, you know, I don't go to the games anymore. Right. But but I, but I know the majority of our listening audience are season ticket holders, yeah. PSL owners, and I'm just thinking it, if this year you would be taking away the possibility right. you fight all year of an AFC championship game. And, You're taking it away I'm from I'm assuming
5: them. if it's a neutral site, they're not going to put it like, you know – in New York City or Buffalo. Oh no. they're gonna put it in Miami, Miami Tampa yeah. or something like that. And you know, so now you gotta you gotta not only get the tickets, you've gotta be able to have the means to, to you know, buy flights for your family, to buy hotel
4: rooms. And, Jeez. God. But how about worse if they put it if they decide, oh, you know, this is the time we need to put it in Toronto or Frankfurt Right. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine them doing that. Yeah.
6: Oh, it'd be frustrating as hell. <laughs> I mean, just to watch these like even even some of the other games. that like, we were talking about it, you were off there was an NBA game during the day the other week. It's like, why is it happening? I'm the one they in were in France. Paris. Yeah, yeah, they were in Paris. Um, but everybody trying to expand and make more money off of that. A lot of people bitching about the Peacock thing this weekend mm-hmm. and all the other stuff going on. But I, I do want to be remiss if I didn't bring up the other AFC game that we're going to see ball, uh, with uh, Kansas City and Buffalo. It's, it's one of those matchups that if they play during the regular season, you circle it. You want to see it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, looking at both those teams played, I. Kansas City played a completely overmatched defensive unit in Miami that was injured, injured, injured. As as time went on, uh, they were not weather resistant. I did think that that Mahomes to Rasheed Rice looked great, and that's something to be you know a little bit fearful of if we see Kansas City down the line. If the Ravens do, um, I, I, Miami just did not look like they had much at all in that game, and and their running game, which I thought would be the chance to to really get something good against Kansas City, they they never got it going.
3: if you want to get some questions in. I have a question for you, uh, Ken, on the other side of the break. The two Pennsylvania teams lost. Which coach has the best opportunity of returning next season? Baltimore's Big Bad
5: Morning Show on the fan. Well, it's January. Well, you know that already, right? Just look out the window. It's not just about snow. It's about the playoffs and the Mount Washington Tavern. Don't only true tavern in Baltimore to catch the game. Or, if you're lucky enough, heading down to the bank, the tavern is a must for your pre- and post-game plan. You can enjoy food and drink specials during all the games. And don't forget Purple Friday. Still a thing at the tavern. Don your purple every Friday. Head to the bar for a great lunch and try for a $25 gift card by guessing or predicting the game's final score. It's a win no matter what. Now... Other things about the tavern, especially food nights. These are kind of my favorites. Every single Wednesday night, enjoy delicious prime rib. It's featuring a 12 ounce slow roasted prime rib, tavern salad dressed to perfection, roasted potatoes, all for just $25. And pretty much every night has a special fish market night, burger night, and of course, the very best happy hour in town. I'm there. I mean, you've seen me there. As for me, though, I'll be enjoying one of these specials. And after that, I'll continue to the bar. Sipping one of they great bourbons while chatting with owners Rob and Dave. For all things about Washington Tavern, check them out on the web. Well, take my
1: advice. Just go in person. you can going to have a great time.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: 816 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the Fan. Ed Norris, Rob Long, Jeremy Kahn joining us right now in studio Kim McCusick from Film Study Baltimore.com. Ken. Uh, this weekend, it was a rough weekend for Pennsylvania teams. Uh, they scored a combined uh, 26 points while giving up a combined 63 points.
4: Not a good formula.
3: You saw Pittsburgh Steelers uh, coach Mike Tomlin walk off the podium once asked about his future. Um, Nick Sarriano looks like he smelled something bad when he left, left the field. What's one of those um,
4: coaches, in your opinion, Stands the best chance to return in 2024. I, I think they're both a pretty high probability to return. Sir- Sirianni is signed for two more years. Uh, it's not a, tri- a non-trivial amount of money—about 14 million that he's still owed. So it's 35 million for five originally. Um, with, with Tomlin, I, I don't think his job is really in any jeopardy at all. I think it's just a matter of them and the Rooneys working it out. I, th- I think that uh, he saved his bacon after the losses <laughs> to the consecutive two and ten teams by right. getting him into the playoffs. I don't think anybody really expected Pittsburgh to go into Buffalo and and beat that Bills team. So um, generally, I think that that uh, he's he's completely safe. Um, Sirianni might be, you know, ninety percent safe. Okay,
0: all yeah.
4: right. You okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good.
6: Dying over here. Ugh.
4: I am literally like pushing myself yeah. into the corner closest <laughs> to the door here. For you three.
5: anyway. What about the, uh, the matchup coming up against the Texas? We didn't get into too much. Um, You've you got all these. The quarterbacks were left. You're talking about, you know, obviously uh, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Stroud. They can all run, and they're all good with hot
4: reads. They get the ball out quick. So what do, you do, what do you do defensively against them? I mean, I think you do what the Ravens have done all year, which is basically rush for a high percentage of the time and show a two-safety look at the snap. And you basically take away their, their hot read ability if you don't blitz um, uh, unnecessarily. So that, that's something that the Ravens have been burned by Mahomes by in the past. Uh, Ravens have been extremely good at facing quarterbacks who like their 3D. The last five games, they've played in anger, as I'd say. it. So it's before the Pittsburgh game. doesn't yeah. include the, that. They played Herbert, Stafford, Lawrence, Purdy, and Tua. They're five of the top 15 quarterbacks in the game. I don't think anybody would, would see it otherwise and on passes of 15 more, or more yards. And this is per next gen stats over those, those games, those quarterbacks went 16 of 48 for 423 yards, one TD, of three interceptions and a passer rating of 47.5. So that's certainly something that the Ravens have taken away very effectively all year. Burrow in the first game was 0 for seven with one interception um, against the Ravens on such passes. So uh, they've been very effective all year at doing it. And, you know, I think part of what will get the Ravens through the rest of the, through the postseason this year is having health at safety, and not just Hamilton, who needs to stay on the field certainly, but having the the safeties on the back end mm-hmm. be able to stay back there so Hamilton can play slot because he's just a, an enormous factor taking away the strong side of the field.
6: So we saw um, what Noah Brown returned this weekend for the Texans, and then immediately gets hurt again. Uh, down Noah Brown, Tank Dell. It seems like Nico Collins has really taken a huge step forward.
3: Yes, he has. Dalton's,
6: looks good, too. Yeah, he looks really good. Dalton Schultz has been involved in the passing game since coming back from the injury. Had a big drop over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of this passing game, and, and how important is it to get a pass rush on C.J.
4: Stroud uh, with that offensive line that the Texans have? Yeah, they need to get a four-man rush on Stroud. They need to, they need to get a thing. <laughs> the Texans' offensive line, by the way, is terrible. I mean, they they are – just massively awful across. Uh, Tunsel is the only one who's any good. Juice Scruggs is a replacement <coughs> level back of a left guard. Michael Dieter is six six and just misproportioned center um, who, who has not looked good. Shaq Mason is a shadow of who he was years ago. Um, and George Fant is is probably their second best lineman, uh, but has had very mixed results this year, including as a as a pass blocker. They, it's a it's a very weak unit. They were weak in week one when the Ravens played him and sacked him five times. And uh, they're they, they, it's not. You don't typically get a lot healthier. They may have even gotten a little bit healthier, but they're not. They're still not very good.
3: Yeah, they're not very good at all. Ken McCusick joins us. filmstudybaltimore.com. Ken, it seems like the uh, the marquee teams are playing on Saturday with the Ravens and the Forty Nine ers, and the kind of underdog teams are going at it on Sunday. Um, are the Bills still the team that people should fear, or did the Kansas City Chiefs kind of wake up last weekend?
4: I, I guess we'll see. I, I, you know, I honestly don't believe in the Bills as much of a, as a lot of other people Not do, either. and and you know they're, they're playing at home, which will give them an advantage, and maybe that's a good thing because you know Mahomes is can be kind of magical at times, and you don't want to you don't want necessarily see that come to your coming into your stadium all, but they've got both are so deeply flawed, mm-hmm. and the the uh, the Buffalo in particular being down so many defensive backs at this point is is a really significant. Micah yeah. Hot went down last night. I don't know, Yesterday, I don't know if he returned, but. Yeah. He was i think he might have but they had kair okay. Elam in the game and he and, and the, who was the guy that went down the, the uh, he's good cornerback for right, the right corner for the bills for the bill um yeah, with ka Elam was in there at the end oh
6: god uh, uh yeah. okay <laughs> I'm,
4: I'm forgetting why i forget can I think of his name jesus
3: <laughs> uh this we'll
4: is go. this is embarrassing yes <laughs>
3: <laughs>
6: but so anyway they're, they're,
4: they're way down too in terms of corners so uh it's it's Both of those teams look very beatable. I was actually a little surprised when I saw nine and a half for a spread on this game uh, with with the Ravens. I thought, you know, there's going to be a little more love for the Texans given what they just did to Cleveland. Right now, Benford,
3: Douglas, and Johnson are all injured.
4: Benford is the one. All right. Christian Benford.
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll see about them. I mean, I I just, I'm with you. I think they're incredibly flawed.
5: Well, given the fact that their offensive line sucks um, and the Ravens, it's you got some big men on that defensive line. Some, you know, Metabiki has been amazing this year. Um, and the others have done a great. I mean, this, I can go with, you know, with Van Noy and, and Clowney and all their, their front seven. How much of an This sounds like a big advantage for the
4: Ravens. Yeah, I, particularly <clears throat> on the interior. Um, yeah, this is funny. I go back to a question. I, I asked Anthony Weaver in camp, you know, do you ever see some 1-3 play as a possibility um, with Pierce and Jones? Together, and I think this is the perfect game for it. This is a very, <laughs> um, you know, tiny, not particularly physical, offensive line, and it's a line you can you can you can beat up a little bit. Uh, Dieter's, you know, got this this oddball size of at six six, um, and it's just it's I think it's a line that that they're they're going to try and beat up. That the running game, which looked like it was going to be the strength of the Texans this year, with with Damien Pierce coming off a big year in his rookie year. Um, has been terrible. He in particular has been awful. 2.8 yards per carry. He's, you know, 60 yards under the replacement level or thereabouts. Um, even Singletary has been a, a negative Devoa running back uh, or DVOA running back. So so that's not good either. I mean, they just, they don't have a good run game. They, they've they've really almost abandoned it the last few weeks.
6: Yeah. It is uh, interesting just to look at um, this matchup in the weather. Cause we've talked a lot about Houston's offense in the elements and, you know, taking a Dome team outside, do you have any concerns at all about Lamar in bad weather?
4: Yes, but but I, I think that on balance, the Ravens defense finds a way to win this game in bad weather, whereas I don't think the Texans have the same set of all, uh, options. I think that they, they don't have a, a passing game that it can mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. as easily adapt, and I think they don't have nearly the running weapons. Yeah that what
6: that I was team. saying to somebody about a matchup like this, it's it's like the Ravens should get easier opportunities to score where I feel like the Texans are going to have to work for everything they get. doesn't mean they can't win, you know, but that's to me that's the reality when you look at these two teams.
3: Ken, you got a question from Vinny in Northeast. What's up, Vinny? Good morning to you. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Hey, Ken, quick question. Uh, how important will Kyle Hamilton be in this game with CJ being able to throw the ball? And secondly, how was it that Houston was able to make the Cleveland Browns defense look like it did on Saturday? Oh, I know.
4: Th- thanks, Vinny. Uh, so, so first of all, let's start with a question about Hamilton. Hamilton is enormously important, particularly if he can play in the slot, because he takes away the strong side of the field. Um, that he, he plays in the slot. Obviously, the slot is on the side with the strong side because you've got two receivers there. You've got your tight end there. And there's so much he can do to take away plays on that side of the field. It's enormous. The Ravens, big concern, health, keeping him on the back end, and also keeping Hamilton himself in the game, who has had problems uh, you know, staying on the field, obviously, this year um and i forgot a second question was how was uh, Houston able to make the uh, Cleveland yes. defense look so bad? In, indoors, uh, Cleveland has looked terrible on the road, and Miles Garrett has not been the same since his shoulder injury, so he didn't have much of a pass rush in this game, and, and uh, we saw that again.
6: Yeah, if you if you look at the run defense from Cleveland, um, and especially as you look at the, on the road, eight games over 230 points given up in eight road games as opposed to 130 at home in nine home games, so vastly different team on the road.
3: Kim McCusick, Film Study Baltimore. Tell us all about the website.
4: Yep, uh, uh, please go over and join follow me at film study ravens on twitter slash x and uh, offensive line scoring. Uh, comes out in the middle of the week, it's already out there for last week's game. And uh, otherwise, have a big long uh podcast on the offense and defense each week. There you go, Ken.
3: Thanks a lot, my man. Good stuff. 410 583 1057. That's the number. We storm the castle to 845. Is Lamar ready for a breakout? playoff performance, but on the other side, Jeremy Conn is your world. Yeah, we're going to get in the world of stupid,
6: and interesting enough, we'll talk about someone that won the lottery and hates her family. Tell you why. And the headline story is, what's the best thing to serve with penis? Japanese man, 22, removes his own genitals and serves them up as dinner to a bunch of paying guests that wanted to eat this. What? I will tell you this insane story <sighs> when we come back in the world of stupid. Thank you much. Okay. I want to talk to you guys about sexy farmers. You guys in the farmers? Farmersonly.com? No. I'm not not
3: searching for,
6: but... You um, might be into this one. I'm a sexy farmer making six figures milking cows in a bikini. Haters say I have no self-respect. I think I know where you guys are going to sit on this topic. Do you have an issue with anybody making money off their body, their looks, any way that they can? Nope. I have none whatsoever. And uh, this frisky farmer's making a fortune on OnlyFans, filming herself milking cows, driving tractors, and cleaning out dirty barns while wearing a bikini. Good for you, Brittany Woods. If you can find yourself making money doing this, like, people were giving Sp- uh, Paige Spiranek, if I can say her name right, all kinds of grief because she's a very sexy girl that was a golfer that turned us into a money-making um, business for her by posing in sexy outfits. Mm. You know, wasn't the greatest golfer in the world, was good enough to be a pro, but when it came down to it, she made more money doing this. This woman said she's tripled her money being on OnlyFans. I'm just, I wonder why, is it just people are prudes or- yes, is it, yes. I think it's, it's a combination
3: Hypocrites, too. I think it's a combination of prude and jealousy. They can't do it.
6: Yeah. And I mean, she's she's a good looking girl. It's nothing like outrageous,
3: but- D- does she get people, with, does she get hits? Yes. It she's, doesn't matter.
6: Said she makes three times as much doing this as she did farming, and now she gets to set her own schedule, too. I'm not going to read you all the farm puns in there. Like, she sheepishly did this. and I mean, <laughs> Thanks a lot, New York Post. I
5: don't see, Is this her website?
6: It's hers. But, like, people in town are, I guess, are, like, it's the same thing. Anytime you have somebody in a small town that's yeah. doing something that's deemed risque, everybody knows about it and bitches about yeah. it. So, but that's what she's
5: you know doing. What you, it's like social media, which we discussed as a sewer this morning. Mm-hmm. Whenever you post like you're having a good time, you're in a nice place, uh-huh. you'll get like a bazillion views and like five likes. Yeah. Yeah. People just want to see what you're doing, but they don't want to, you know, they're not happy for you. What's the name of a website?
6: <laughs> Farmers. <laughs> yeah. com. By the way, I'm in that too. So I got my, you got me out there like with the corn, my bikini. It's nice. I won 187 million in the lottery, but I had to ditch my demanding and greedy family. If you guys won the lottery, would you tell anyone? No. Would you try to keep it secret, Ed? Because it's it's a difficult thing to I think to keep secret. Yeah, I don't know how you like you'll start to notice things. What is it? Somebody posted that picture with a it's a baloney sandwich and the baloney's like four inches thick in between two pieces of white bread. Mm-hmm. There'll be there'll be clues that I won a bunch of money, but I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> this woman said her family was so bad, and I I've actually had incidents like this too, where I've hit for big money and you post it online, and then people just show up out of the woodwork asking for things. And it gets really weird, and you know like. I mean, you want to help out as many people as you can, but come on. Uh, She said they've lost touch with where they come from. They're rubbing people's noses in it by flashing their cash, which I think is downright nasty. It's one of the reasons why she wants to get away from her family with this money. And I've heard people say that money doesn't make you a bad person. It kind of shows your true colors. I don't know if you guys feel that way, too. But, uh, yeah, keeping it away from her family. Now, this last story is, I don't think we've ever had a story like this. Japanese man who considered himself asexual cooks his own genitals and serves them up to paying guests at a dinner party. Well he is now. He's yeah, he voluntarily underwent surgery to have his penis removed. Penis. Five guests paid around 160 euros each for the meal. Mayo Sugiyami, Sugiyama, excuse me, cooked his own genitals and garnished it with mushrooms and parsley. Ooh, my penis has mushrooms on it. You think anybody sent it back? <laughs> no? Oh, my God, what's this green stuff on my wiener? It, it's just, like, disgusting, man. Like who, who? But who pays to eat
5: this? it got me, dude. I don't, I, first of all, how do you remove your genitals and prepare a meal?
6: By the way, he's only 22 years old.
5: <laughs> got a long way to go without his it. junk.
3: Is it like wine that's better when it's aged? At so. some point, he's going to sit back and regret his life's decisions. At some point in his
5: life, it's going to happen. It's like, you know, you look back at a photo, so I can't believe I wore my hair that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe I cut my penis off. I can't believe 25 people
6: enjoyed it. That's a, The illustrator took his frozen penis and scrotum home from the hospital, organized a grim party. He charged guests, again, around 160 euros per person to eat his severed genitalia in Tokyo, Japan. Um, Hang on a second.
5: Yeah. He's he's from Japan. And he served 25 people? Uh, That's That story's an onion story. That's not true. <laughs> Small plates. That's so wrong. That's so
3: freaking wrong, man. Uh, yeah, I hate myself for <laughs> laughing at that.
6: It was only six guests. <laughs> now does it make more sense? They all left hungry his, anyway. His scrotum was included anyway. Is this just one course? (laughs) I thought it was tripe. (laughs) How many different types of nuts are in this dessert? This is ridiculous. He wrote on Twitter, I'm offering my male genitals, full penis, testes, and scrotum as a meal for 100,000 yen. I'm Japanese. I mean, should this be something? The organs were surgically removed at the age of 22. They were tested to be free of venereal diseases. The organs were of normal function and was not receiving any female hormone treatment, so he's not interested
3: in transitioning. Mm -hmm. He just calls himself asexual. Just did the math $683 per serving. Man. (laughs) You know, this is the best penis I've ever eaten. I should hope so, sir.
6: I should hope so. What the hell? (laughs) <laughs> What'd you do last night? Oh, me and Barb went over and ate Mayo's penis. <laughs> what? How was it? Mm-mm. It was yama <laughs> yama good. It's like, what are we talking about here? Oh, they said boy. in total 70 people attended the event while only uh 5 people ate the genitalia. The rest of them ate beef or crocodile. <laughs> it's like we have penis, beef and crocodile.
3: <laughs> I'd be afraid to eat the beef and crocodile cuz you're serving penis, man. Did you cook? Did you this- cook it together? Did you cook this beef in a separate pot from the penis? Because I don't. Where would the, my- the gravy come from?
6: I don't-, I don't. want my penis touching my beef. Your beef strong? No, your beef wrong. Oh, the world is
3: stupid. Daily line at nine o'clock. Like you haven't had enough, Jeremy Cohn. Yeah. But on the other side, we stormed the castle. Lamar, breakthrough postseason. We can only hope. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show right here on The Fan. For those of you just tuning in, Jason Kelsey told his teammates that he is retiring. We also have school closings. You should know by now. But if not, if you thought it was two hours late, Baltimore City closed. Baltimore County closed. Harford County closed. Anne Arundel and Cecil County both closed. Now, you're caught up. Lamar Jackson had, a, you know, about what most people's accounts, another MVP-like season. He was first-team All-Pro by, what, the players and the AP. Am I right? The mm-hmm. players and AP both voted him first-team uh, All-Pro, his second All-Pro selection. He is having a – he had a phenomenal season this year. Uh, completed 67% of his passes. That is a career high. Thirty six hundred yards, just under thirty seven. That's a career high. Twenty four touchdowns to only seven interceptions with a passing rating of one hundred two point seven. That's the second best of his career, only behind his MVP season of one thirteen. Jeremy Conner, you feel like he is he is ready for a breakthrough postseason? Yeah, I look. I, th- I think there's. We could
6: sit here and talk about a lot of guys that are. Uh, capable of having it but it all starts with with Lamar yeah. everything it, it all of it starts with Lamar you know like you, i was saying to somebody else when we talked about the Cowboys game about how you could come back in the game you know you like they have a great offense that can get them back in the game i didn't know if their defense was good enough to get stops to get them back in the game i think the ravens kind of have a little bit of everything here mm-hmm. i think they're the most complete Best team in the nfl they are and mm-hmm. um this is one of those years where it, i just want them to start off strong in this game just Get out, get to a little bit of lead, make your first drive, get points. I don't care if it's three or seven. When your first drive, come away with something, kind of settle that thing down. Because I think once they get that first win, then they're making the run to the Super Bowl. And then we'll see what happens there. If they run into the 49ers, I think that's an interesting rematch.
3: Man, yeah. is Lamar ready for a
6: breakthrough
5: playoff? He is. Yeah, He's played better than he's ever played in his career. And he looks really, I ain't say locked in, it's such a tried expression, I think but he, he seems locked
3: in. I think he is. I think that's an appropriate expression. Yeah, I right do now. too.
5: And it's like, you know, people try to distract him from other things. He's, you know, come off a big victory. You shellacked the Dolphins. You did it, to, it did it to everybody. Put a mic in his face. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. Think, like, wow. <laughs> I guess he's serious about this. Oh, so, yeah. Out of all,
3: Jeremy, out of all the, the veteran playoff quarterbacks, the veterans. We're talking about um, um, Baker Mayfield, We're talking about Jared Goff, um, um, uh, you have in, uh, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Who needs a breakout playoff performance the most out of those five guys?
6: I don't know that any of them need it, but I think it's probably Lamar just because of you know what's going on in the postseason. We talk about it. These narratives get written. Um, whether you like it or not. And we... You know, it's the same thing with the the Eagles, and when you're going in the postseason, it's like, well, you guys have faltered down the stretch. You're giving up big plays. This isn't working. That isn't working. Look like they were going through the motions. And you know, when you get to the postseason now and you fall behind the eight ball, like we may have been thinking that the Cowboys were going to make a comeback and and possibly win that game, right? As it was going on, mm-hmm. but in the back of our I minds, didn't. we were going, "It's the Cowboys. They I do didn't. this to us all the time." Yeah. yeah. And and like. You know, again, that's how a narrative starts to get written about one of these players: can't win the big game, can't win a postseason game, can't play in cold weather, can't win on the road. You know, all these things that that, that uh, people will keep saying about you, and whether or not it's true, they keep talking about it. I think that weight is on your shoulders, like that. You're looking in your rear view at it all the freaking time.
3: And I don't think there's, Jeremy said, it maybe Lamar. I don't think there's any question. Lamar Jackson needs to break out playoff performance more than anybody other than veteran quarterbacks. You know why? Because if J- Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl, there'll be talks of him possibly being the best quarterback in the National Football League if he wins the Super Bowl. Oh yes. If not, you won't uh, have those talks. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I think he now elevates himself to the battle to the debate of is he the best quarterback in the NFL?
5: Yeah, and I think that's it's not only likely; I think it's gonna it's almost a certainty if he if he does. Mm-hmm. Because even yesterday, you know, people were t- and look, you got to give the man his due. I, I know you're not a Josh Allen fan. That man's a beast. He is. When he can avoid the turnovers, he can run. He's strong. He's big. He can run. He can throw in the weather up there. But when they're talking about him, basically running people over because he's so big. But they brought up two other quarterbacks in the conversation. Nate Burleson brought it up. He goes, Lamar and Pat Mahomes have been, you know. T-. That's that's the conversation. Yeah. Now. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So
3: if he wins the thing. mm mm-hmm. Then he is in that debate. Yeah. If he wins it, the next morning on all the talking head shows, Jeremy, Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, who who would you take first? You know it's coming. Yep. You know it's coming. I don't think any other quarterback gets that debate on Super Bowl Monday. I don't think anybody else does. If Baker Mayfield wins the Super Bowl, he's not getting that conversation. If Jared Goff wins the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. he's not getting that conversation. Nope. He's not. not. If, if if love wins it, he's not getting it. I think Lamar
5: gets that conversation if he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, because if he does, he'll have Super Bowl victory. He'll probably be the MVP of the Super Bowl. He'll have if he'll have two MVPs, which is what Matt Holmes has at this point, right? Possibly two MVPs. Possibly two top All Pro. If he doesn't get it, I mean, I'd be shocked. But I guess even with Todd
6: Kincaid after the game saying Josh Allen should be the MVP yesterday, did you guys hear that? No. Yeah, yeah, they made that statement. They interviewed him after the game. You know, he yeah, had big game. Was like. Mm-hmm. And we've got our MVP. You know, he should be the MVP of the league, Josh Allen. It's like, guys, what are we looking at? I understand you're defending your players here yeah. and that's your guy, but come on. Jeremy, if you're my quarterback, I'd say you should be MVP.
3: Thanks, man. But well, you would be my quarterback.
6: I know. I'd be a wide receiver.
5: I've got these soft hands, <laughs> man. Oh, my gosh. You know Tyrese Halliburton!
3: Shut up,
6: man. You
5: don't know. Tyrese Halliburton he calls you. That poor bastard, he slid down and
6: almost, he did a split. Had to leave the game the other night, so uh-huh. he's out a couple weeks.
5: That's why you don't split. And he, split won't try, he won't turn the ball over that whole time. Yeah, just, that he's sitting on the pine.
6: <laughs> I, you know, like, and the other the other part of this, too, with the playoffs and just looking at the matchups, everybody's going to be talking about that Bills-Chiefs matchup because that's the, I think that's the marquee one of the weekend. And I, I, I honestly mm-hmm. like that because I feel like whoever wins that game is going to be the darling for someone to get to the Super Bowl because they're going to want to pick the 49ers on the other side. Um if there was a team in the NFC that could knock them off, is it the Lions? 49ers?
5: I think it'd probably be the only one. Yeah.
6: I don't think the Packers could. No. I don't. You know, I don't.
3: I don't think the Bucks. I just.
5: I don't think so. Yeah.
3: yeah. I think the Packers are running around. Yeah, we beat the Cowboys. We beat the Cowboys. 49ers will grab him by the throat and just smack them with both sides of the hands. Don't wake up. Wake up! You're in you're in Santa Clara, California right now, fellas. Hush up! This ain't Dallas. I think reality is going to smack them in the face, literally, on uh, Saturday night, beginning at 15, The Packers. I think on the Ravens' side, uh, I'm seeing nine and a half by everybody else except ESPN bet. Jeremy, you think that nine and a half holds up? They beat them by ten.
6: Um, I would say yes. Uh, that they do. They they come out and they play well. But, you know, the one thing about them is that they've let inferior opponents stay in games with them. Uh, That's the one thing that scares me going into the postseason just a little bit. But um, whether or not they cover the spread, I think they win the game. That's the most important thing, obviously. Um, I just don't like betting on double-digit favorites in the NFL. It, it, there's just so many things that can go awry. Like Especially even, the postseason. Yeah, like even – like I brought it up, the, the Pittsburgh game, right? We all thought – I think a lot of us thought the Bills would handle them, thought maybe the weather could make it a great equalizer. Right. And mm-hmm. the weather was nowhere near as bad as what a lot of us thought it was going to be during the game. That was a seven-point game with six minutes left to go, and then Shakir breaks that tackle. It was, it was second and nine. He's going to be tackled for about a two-yard gain, three-yard mm-hmm. gain. Um, would have made it third down, and then you force them. Do we take the field goal? Do we go for it on fourth down? Instead, he breaks the tackle and takes it to the house. You know, that, and then that's the difference in covering, winning, whatever. Uh, the touchdown, you know, puts them up 14. They kick a field goal. It's 10. If you got it at 10 and a half, now you're still losing. So, um, but they got the job done. I thought it was 24 to 10.
3: When? On that last drive, it was 24-17. It was? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Bottom was big, bad morning show on the fan. Kevin Willard, head coach of the Maryland Church basketball team, coming off that big win on the road against number 10 Illinois. He'll join us at 945. But on the other side, Jeremy Connors at Daily Line. I had a great day yesterday. Went 5-0 in my top plays. Hit everything. I only missed
6: one game. And the game that I missed was the Tampa Bay over uh, as it went under. I like Tampa Bay. It was one of my top plays. I was screaming about them all week long. They were going to win outright. I'll tell you what the five top plays were. Go over that and tell you what we're looking at tonight. Only three NBA games, two NHL games. We have a full slate of college basketball. So be diving into that, looking at some of these top 25 teams. That's coming up next.
7: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.